0: Peter Resnick and welcome to the Dr. Peter Resnick's toolbox I will start today as usual with a little show-and-tell one of my friends on Facebook posted this picture with a comment Um, and I reposted actually this picture and you cannot see the picture but I will tell you what it is first it's written why has this not gone viral then there is a group of ten Eleven children, ten black children and one white kid, and a black teacher. And it's written a teacher at the elementary school in South Carolina wanted to help little boys with no dad at home. So he started a gentleman's club where the little guys <clears throat> dress up and learn how to shake hands, make eye contact, etc. He even has extra jackets and ties for the boys who cannot afford them. And I think this is such a such a beautiful, beautiful picture and a beautiful thing that this man is doing. This man is a great follower of people like Dr. Martin Luther King and Mahatma Gandhi. He, I assume, does not teach his students that they are victims, victims of the system, victims of white supremacy, or that they are unfortunate victims, because they are fatherless, he teaches them how to respect themselves and each other. And I think that that is missing in many communities. Uh, There is a number of subjects I would like to cover today, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see how it works out. And I would appreciate your input on every subject I speak today about. So I will speak, but please feel free to call and make comments uh, regarding whatever I'm speaking, or if you have questions, of course, you're welcome to call at 888-874-4888. And if you cannot hear well, uh, because of the internet connection, you can also call on the landline uh, on the on the number phone number six four one seven nine three seven zero nine one. And if you um, cannot call or don't feel like calling at all, um, you can uh, but do want to share your thoughts, you are welcome to send me an email at peter. Number 1818 Resnick, R-E-Z-N, as Nancy, I-K, at gmail.com, Peter18 Resnick at gmail.com. Last week I spoke about the book, The Better Angels of Our Nature, which quite clearly, through quite extensive research, demonstrated that we are actually, as humanity, moving in the right direction. We are doing better. We're murdering less, doing more charitable work compared with thousands of years ago, even hundreds of years ago. We even have the United Nations to oversee our progress. So I want you I want you to look at something. I, I actually went on the internet and searched for it. I want to tell you about what happened in the last 70 years in the world in terms of warfare, and genocides. One was happened in 1971. uh, In Bangladesh, 3 million people were killed. Then in 1974, in East Timor, 196,720 people called in Cambodia, you remember, 1979, Khmer Rouge, there were like killing fields. There was actually a movie about it. And I had the privilege to know a person, a journalist, uh, a native of Cambodia, who, who eventually started writing for New York Times. Anyway, three million people were killed. Then, in a name I cannot even pronounce, Guk- Gukurahundi in Zimbabwe, 300,000 people were killed in Iraq uh, 200,000 were killed in the in, in 1987. In the Rwanda, that's a very very famous uh, story because actually Bill Clinton took responsibility. he actually said that he regretted that he failed, he failed to interfere even though he knew what would happen where, uh, 100, um, when 800,000 Tutsis, uh, Rwandans were of one tribe, Tutsis were slaughtered by the Hutus. Then remember genocide in Darfur, 2003, half a million people were slaughtered. Then the genocide of Yazidis by Islamic State, the ISIS, 5,000 people were slaughtered. And how you watched, all watched on television, the pictures. And I, this is from, in the last 70 years, and I did not speak about so called just wars that the United States perpetuated, uh, defending our democracy, like Vietnam War, 58,000 Americans died, and 2 million Vietnamese civilians died. And even the Iraq War, uh, 4,492 American servicemen died and 200,000 civilians, Iraqi civilians died. I'm talking about what happened only in the last 70 years. And there were prob- there, no, not probably, definitely smaller wars and little genocides. And yet there is a staggering data from the United Nations. During these 70 years, and you heard millions of people were slaughtered, millions, more resolutions were passed, condemning one country, Israel, more than any than all those countries combined, which means more resolutions were taken against Israel, then against all these countries combined. Who are these people? Why are they are so treated so differently than all other nations? Yes, you know I'm interested in the subject. As you know, I'm part of those people. But what what's going on? How many, by the way, how many Jews live on the planet? That they make so much noise. What a huge and powerful empire it seems they represent. That there is so much talk about them. Let me let me play something for you, just for for a few seconds. Hundreds of strangers in the busiest streets of London, New York, and L.A. And the first question we asked them was: With a world population of almost
1: eight billion people. How many Jews do you think there are in the world? How many Jews are there in the world? Uh, That's an interesting question. 100 million. I would say a lot.
0: A lot? Definitely
1: a lot. I think there's around a billion Jews in the world, probably.
0: I'd say there's around 600 million. Yeah. 100 million? 50 million Jewish people in the world. I have no idea, but a lot of them live here in New York City. A little under a billion Jews in the world? Did you hear? 100 million? A billion? 500 million? 100 million. what is this? In the reality as you know, or oh, I will tell you uh, if you don't, there are 15 one, five, 15 billion a uh, million excuse me 15 million Jews, which means they are 0.2 percent of the world's population. out of a thousand people, Only two people are Jews. So what is happening? And by the way, half, a little less than half of them, 7 million live in Israel. And they're surrounded by 400 million Arabs living in different countries. So this is a question. What do you think is happening? How come that they attract so much attention. And they they are called, uh, it seems to live up to standards that no other country is. No country ever called people that they're going to bomb, informing them that they're going to be bombed. Let me first I can't found something. Um, that Leo Tolstoy said, I uh, I assume you know who Leo Tolstoy was, he's one of 10 greatest writers uh, in humanity, he's next to people like Shakespeare. Uh, He lived in the 19th century, he died in the beginning of 20th century died in 1910. Uh, And he was really a giant of literature. So let me tell you what two people said about the Jews, maybe it will kind of uh, shed some light on the on the story on the issue on who they are. So Leo Tolstoy well, by the way, he was a count. He was a noble uh, in Russia in uh, 19th century. Uh, he inherited. At that time, there were serfs, not not slaves, but pretty much people who were almost like slaves, they didn't really have rights and they belonged to different nobles. And um, Tolstoy, he was a great writer, but he inherited uh, 4000 acres um, of land and uh, 300, or or some sources say 350 serfs, but he was really a, a very noble person and generous. And he actually taught his serfs, he opened a school in which he actually taught them how to read and write and so on. So he wrote this essay, What is a Jew? This question is not at all as strange as it may seem at first glance. Let's see what is this special creature is, whom all the rulers and all people insulted and oppressed, trumped on the foot and pursued burned and drowned and who in spite of all this is still alive and well remember he was writing it at the end of 19th century what is a Jew who has never been able to be lured by the temptations of the world that his oppressors and persecutors offered him if only he would renounce his religion and renounce the faith of his fathers a Jew Is a holy being who obtained eternal fire from heaven and enlightened the earth and those living on it he is the spring and the source from which all peoples drew their religions and faiths the jew is the pioneer of culture from time immemorial ignorance was impossible in the holy land even more so than than now uh, in civilized Europe. Furthermore, in those wild times, when the life and death of a person did not matter at all, Rabbi Akiva spoke out against the death penalty, which is now considered a completely acceptable punishment in most cultures in the world. The Jew is the pioneer of freedom, Even in those primitive times when the people were divided into two classes, into masters and slaves, the teachings of Moses forbade keeping a person in slavery for more than six years. A Jew is a symbol of civil and religious tolerance. Love the stranger, Moses commanded, for you yourself were stranger in the land of Egypt. These words were spoken in those distant barbarian days, when it was common among people to enslave each other. In the matter of religious tolerance, the Jewish religion is far from only recruiting adherents. But only on the contrary, the Talmud prescribes that if a non-Jew wants to convert the Jewish faith, he must be explained that how difficult it is to be a Jew. The Jew is a symbol of eternity. He, whom neither massacre nor torture could destroy, neither fire nor sword of civilization, could wipe out all of the face of the earth. He who first proclaimed the words of the Lord, he who kept the prophecy for so long and passed it on to the rest of the humanity, such as people cannot disappear, such a people cannot disappear the Jew is eternal he is the personification of eternity this is said by a person who was not pro-Jew not pro or against anybody he was just a Russian noble writing in 19th century now at the same time it's interesting that another an American Mark Twain who lived approximately the same age um, Tolstoy was born in 1828. Mark Twain was born in, 18, in 1835. Tolstoy and uh, Twain died the same, in the same year, 1910. So here's what Mark Twain wrote. The Egyptian, the Babylonian, and the Persian rose, filled the planet with sound and splendor, then passed away. The Greek and the Roman followed. The Jews saw them all beat them all and is now what he always was, exhibiting no decadence, no infirmities of age, no weakening of his parts. All things are mortal by a Jew, but a Jew. All other forces pass, but he remains. What is the secret of his immortality? Uh, I ladies and gentlemen, I read it to you, I don't know what the secret of immortality. I do not know. For sure, Jews never ruled or imposed themselves or even survived by the power of their weapons. But they did live by the power of their convictions. And what, by the way, are the commentaries of our contemporary politics about the Jews I came across a while ago actually I found it on my bookshelf this book called The Secret War Against the Jews which was written 20 years ago uh, it's written not by a Jew though so that's significant but John Loftus and on the second page of the book as just as you open uh, there are two uh, I don't know how to say it, sayings or epigraphs one, whoever hurts the Jews, it is as if he's hurting me, Jesus of Nazareth. And the other one, fuck the Jews, they won't vote for us anyway. Honorable James Baker, Secretary of State the United States 1992. So what is the Jewish question? And what is the final understanding of who they are and what to do with these people? Well, the members of (laughs) I have to say the the members of the United States Congress, Rashida Talib and Ocalcio Cortez, they share the vision of Hitler, from sea to shining sea, which means extermination. But I don't believe uh, all people feel this way. I brought up this question, I I'm dreading to share with you my understanding why all this is happening. These people are definitely special. Um, there is a, I, I cannot recall now the name of, of this man, his PhD, I believe in economics, a Muslim from Pakistan. And he wrote an, an article, you can find it if you're interested, on the internet. It's called Why Jews Are So Powerful. Indeed, zero point. of population. And he answers very simply, there is nothing special about the Jews, except one thing. They are 100% literate. 100% literate. And they were 100% literate uh, 2000 years ago, and 2500 years ago. Uh, Compulsory education for boys and girls has been among the Jews for 1000s of years. In the times uh, when uh, even kings couldn't read, only clergy could not, could read in Latin. Jews have been educated, uh, and that now we have it's a it's a culture that um, appreciates the discourse, uh, appreciates education, um, and you know, would not by a chance fifty per, there, there is sixteen hundred grandmasters in chess in the world, 50% of them are Jews, 27% of all Nobel Prize winners are Jews. And as this, uh, unfortunately, I don't remember his name, the the Muslim uh, doctor wrote, it's all because of education. So a lot of people do not have enough understanding of what is happening in the world now. I cannot forget the gentleman who I'm, I'm so grateful to Phil, who called a month ago, a little more than a month ago now, and said how disappointed he was in, in me, that I was uh, I was for pro pro occupying army. Unfortunately, he had which means he had no idea that they were not occupying army from 2005. Um, Israel moved out of Gaza in 2007. Hamas was democratically elected and they were running, running the country. And when the videos of the people or on October 7th, people who were murdered, women raped and set on fire, babies kidnapped or burned. When all these people appeared on the media, there were jubilations on the streets of Gaza just as they were on the streets of Patterson, new jersey when the twin towers collapsed not everybody was celebrating but those people there were people there is a large muslim community and not all of them i'm sure some of them were appalled but some were giving candies to people what is it what's happening give it some thoughts i do not think there is a reason, uh, no, well, I will tell you. Remember, it's actually hard for me even to, you know, I'm trying to speak logically. Before, remember, before there was any retaliatory response that came from Israel, when this event happened October 17th, within six hours. So the Israel still did not respond. But the videos appeared of people, uh, children killed, women raped, it's the the Hamas people were posting them. And suddenly there were marches on the streets of Europe in, in America, and in universities, pro Hamas pro killers. I remember a young woman, obviously, a very, of a very poor education or very low intelligence, said, yes, Israel did not exist till 1948. Are you kidding? Yesterday, the same woman probably celebrated Christmas, the day of birth of who? Yeshua ben Miriam, or as Greeks translated his name, Jesus, son of Mary. And Jesus was not born in somewhere uh, in Puerto Rico, or Ireland or Spain. He was born in Bethlehem, the ancient land of Israel. It's the only culture in the world, which after 3000 years, speaks the same language lives on the same land and worships the same God. Maybe I'm not completely just because Australian is also have that kind of a culture. They're just not that known. So The Bible teaches us, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And unfortunately, in many places, against any logic, uh, people curse, support the killers of the Jews, and curse the Jews. And, And there are forces, I understand, that support it, that encourage it. I don't believe that majority of people feel this way. But there are forces and my question is why? If indeed, it's true that those people will be cursed, who is interested in the curse, who is interested in the destruction of Western civilization? You you think about it. Because I think there are people who actually want to destroy Western civilization and Western values. So I don't have an answer for you. I'm just posting it as a question. But as I said, it's a hard thing for me to admit, but I have a little take on why. It's a very subjective take. Uh, you may have other thoughts, and, and probably some people will cringe uh, listen, hearing what I have to say. The reason there is this, this magical resentment toward the Jews uh, and so much attention as I said millions of people are slaughtered in other countries by by pe- other people by people of other countries or by, by, by their own com- governments but they're not condemned but the United Nations over and over condemns the Jews because the Jews were called and the Jews claimed that they were to be the light into the nations. And it is written in the Torah, in the Bible, that you will live, you, the Jews, you, my my followers, my children, you will live so well among each other, following my instruction, that other nations will look at you and say, how beautiful, how good these people live with each other and they will want to learn from you. And they will say their God is true God. And so, basically, ladies and gentlemen, what I am saying is, we, the Jews, have bare responsibility also for what is happening to us. Because consciously, no, but unconsciously, possibly, people require, people expect from the Jews to live by higher standards before anything to live in peace with themselves, with each other. And notice before October 7th happened, there was so much animosity between the Israelis, the leftists against the rightists. And in the world here, in in other countries, the reformed Jews and Orthodox Jews, they cannot come to peace. And my fear is for as long as there is no peace among the Jews, they will be persecuted. They cannot show the world that actually uh, the book of instruction that they were given, the book of instruction that is supposed to bring harmony between people, they are not showing that it's working because they are fighting each other. And I do not have that's I do not have an answer how for them to stop fighting each other. I am looking for answers, and I will be happy to for somebody to call and enlighten me or give me some idea. Anyway, that's what I wanted to share with you. Uh, and while on it, we, uh, there is something else uh, I thought of sharing with you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you probably noticed uh, that I share with you pretty much everything that is happening in my personal life. When I go to London to visit my daughter, I tell you I am visiting my daughter. When I got sick there, I told you I was sick. When something bothers me, I tell you about it. When I had COVID, I told you about COVID. The reason I do this because is because I am one of you. I just happened to, have a, to run this show because of the years of my experience as a therapist. Garinal invited me but before anything I'm just a regular guy. I'm a human being dealing with my own challenges in life. I told you about uh, Being on the board of this organization roses Raising opportunities through science education and service uh, And I'm a clinical director of it and it's actually it's a non-profit organization uh, and Uh, The idea is to to solicit money from individuals, from companies, so that uh, we would offer a service free of charge to young people between the age of 18 and 26. People who need uh, help, emotional support, and who need psychotherapy but cannot afford it. I think it's a great, great idea. But there is, a, there is something I want to share about you, with you about my experience because I may—I am not sure that it will happen. I will let you know. But I may step down before we even started. I may step down from being um, a board on the board of directors because my responsibility—I am not a guy who knows how to solicit money. All the other board members, uh, other five or six board members, they're all specialists in uh, team building promotion. Uh, in fact, the the president Jaya, who asked me to be on the board was a professor of communication in my uh, uh, for uh, my my sons, when my son was studying at, at the University of Maryland, a very nice noble woman. And it was her idea to start this organization, but there is a little problem. And I did not, you know, we'll have a meeting, and I actually am going to speak up. So I did not even tell it to the to the board, but I am sharing with you because I happen to have this meeting with you before the board. But I may need to step down because Jaya asked us to, and which is very normal, ask us all to sign a paper. Um, it's like a paper a letter of commitment of all the members on the of the board supporting the advancement of organization and but there is a sentence there that we are all committed with the, to understand federal state and fo- we are all supporting uh, understanding and committed to follow federal state and local laws and ethical standards that apply to uh, organizations. And the problem I have with this this particular statement, I cannot sign this paper because I cannot be honest and sign this paper. There are new ethical standards which have been adopted by the American Psychological Association and the American Association of uh, Social Workers in this new standard called equity, diversity, and inclusion. It's all based on a racist theory called critical race theory. It's a theory, it's a res- what is a theory, it's a result of abstract thinking about the phenomenon. There was there was a theory, there is a theory called Marxist theory. And there is a theory uh, that was uh, there was a theory that was adopted by the Nazi Germany called uh, the superiority of Aryan race, right? And there are many, many different theories. I do not uh, subscribe to this theory. I believe it's a racist theory and it's based on absolutely uh, unhealthy fantasy. It's not based on truth. I subscribe to the vision of Dr. Martin Luther King, who said, I have a dream, if I remember correctly, remember his famous speech, that my four children one day will live in a nation where they will be judged, not judged by the color of their skin, by the but by the content of their character. The most devastating, discouraging, and debilitating of all this garbage that our society came up with is uh, instituted in all this, uh, in, in, in everything now. People are not taught to to respect themselves and to value their, each other's character or to value to evaluate people by by their merit, but by, 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 by the color of their scheme. So automatically, if you are black, you're a victim. Or if you're a minority, you're a victim. If you're white, you're an oppressor. And white is connected now with the word uh, slavery, which is total nonsense. And any intelligent person knows that it's total lie. It is absolute lie. How do I know? because you you can you can read uh, you can read in fact a person who i respect greatly and and he happened to be black uh, Dr Thomas Sowell He wrote about race and he's an incredible incredible researcher he's actually has a phd in economics he wrote but he wrote many books um, uh, on social commentary Every culture in the world had slavery. Black people had their black slaves in Africa and sold slaves then to, to white people who weren't in interested in having slaves uh, work on plantations in, Europe, in in America. And Chinese people had Chinese slaves. and Japanese had their Japanese slaves. Uh, in fact, slavery was accepted in Mauritania, in Africa, uh, till... Um, I believe in uh, 19, 1979 or 1989, where they abolished slavery. The only pe- the first people in the world who spoke up against slavery were people of Denmark. The king of Denmark in seven, 1797, and Britain Queen Victoria followed in a, a 1803. Slavery was about, abolished. But to say all the white people automatically, this is such nonsense, such nonsense. And and one of my students from Columbia University who happened to be, you know, who came from Russia, neither she nor I ever met black people before we came to America. We don't have automatic resentment or hatred or superiority feeling toward them. And yet she was told that she needed to write papers uh, and accept... Admit that she is a supremacist and if she doesn't admit it it means that's a hidden. That's kind of supremacy This this is such such garbage so I cannot yeah why I'm telling you why I decided I cannot be on the board because My job as a clinical director would be to hire people and if they expect me to follow the ethical principles of today, it means I have to follow the principle of diversity. And it's absolute garbage. I would never consider people based on on hiring people based on on how they look. I would gladly hire five Chinese people or Korean people, or white people, only white people or only Japanese people as therapists if they are the best if one after the other, I find their best. And I will not say, oh, no, 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 we're missing a white person, or we're missing a black person. It will not be diversity. This is nonsense. You know, I never in my life, been in America for 42 years, and I flew so much. And I told it to two of my friends, Floyd and Max, who are black. And I said, it's so sad. I never cared who is the pilot when I would take a plane, but now now I am about to to fly and I'm thinking, I hope it will not be a young black pilot. Why not a young black pilot? Because if it's an old black pilot, I don't care. He's like a pilot, he's like everybody else. But if it's a young black pilot, what if he was accepted as a pilot before somebody else? he's not such a good pilot. But he was accepted as to be a pilot because of diversity. Or let's say somebody, a a pilot who is looking feminine, and maybe it's a transgender or whatever they call it. And they accepted this person because he's transgender. So it's very confusing. So I definitely am not going I maybe they will. I don't know how they will manage to keep me on board if I refuse to uh, follow the ethical principles. But look, ethical principles of Nazi Germany was to say Heil and to turn in people who were against the Reich to Gestapo. So ethical principles of countries or trends change. But, But when you have moral principles by which you live, and for me value a person by who this person is tra- character traits their values is more important for me than anything anyway i made my case so <laughs> uh I, i'm thinking still about this young man who teaches these kids uh, to shake hands and to look in each other's eyes because the other day something again bothered me i went I went to the synagogue on, on, on Saturday, and I uh, spoke to, you know, you say hello to people, and there were some men who give me their hand, we shake hands, and the hand is like that fish. It's not the hand of a man. And I realized, you know, by the way the man shakes your hand, you know who they are. How they act, and so I started like paying attention, because many people come with with their children, and children get out a little bit of out of control. They become become noisy. They scream, and I noticed. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence. It's, it's I, I I noticed that it's being. I, I just started paying attention to it, that those parents who tell their children shh, be quiet down and the children ignore them it's those parents uh, men whose handshake is not a man's handshake if a man shakes your hand and he tries to break your bones of course he's trying to prove make the point and he's showing off and saying i i am powerful but if a man if a man shakes your hand and you feel firm handshake and it's like real he says i'm present i'm with you but if a man just puts his limp hand into your hand, basically it, it tells you that this person has no will, no character. And it was an incredible observation for me that, uh, in effect, I've been thinking, because it, it's young people, they bring their children and I see what's going on. Uh, and because they, uh, at the synagogue, they asked me in the past to give different lectures lectures on health on on consciousness on uh, On imagination. I decided again. I didn't inform them yet, but I'm running it by you I decided to give a workshop on the mind body and raising your boys to become men so and I will print out this picture of this young man and, and 11 kids and they you have to tell that the picture is so beautiful. They're all nicely dressed, all with ties on them, looking like proud, proud to be themselves. That, that's beautiful. I, I see somebody uh, is calling, let me see. Larry from Florida is online. Oh, wonderful, very happy to hear. Larry, you're on the air. Welcome, Larry. Looking
1: like proud, proud to be themselves. That's beautiful. I see somebody is calling. Let me see. Larry from Florida. Oh, wonderful. Very happy to see you. Larry, you're on the air. Welcome, Larry. Hello, Dr. Resnick. Thank you for taking my call.
0: Yes, hi. Hi, Larry. You have uh, a question?
1: uh, Yes, but you were asking for some answers to some points that you raised. Earlier about the uh, conflict uh, now um, since October 7th and what's happening in Gaza um, a few things uh, you mentioned that uh, protesters that you saw and there, there are millions uh, uh, probably millions around the world who are protesting you mentioned protesters as being pro Hamas the process protesters. I've seen from the the speakers at the rallies, the signs they carry, the interviews I hear from them, they are not pro-Hamas, they are pro-human rights of Palestinians who are um, being subjected to um, indiscriminate bombing and collective punishment, um, which are um, serious violations of human rights. Uh, That does not, Condone, and I don't think any of those people condone what happened on October seventh. They're concerned about what is happening since then. Mm -hmm. and you, you want to respond to that, or should I go on?
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your comment and also welcoming my comment in response. Um, I I don't know, Larry, if um, how much you know about what's happening now uh, with the response israelis response and so many people are dying that uh hamas fighters are dying and civilians are dying and that's that's absolutely absolutely heartbreaking honestly uh the only thing is i i, I gave somebody this example uh and i will repeat it now to you just yeah, i don't know if you have children uh, but if I let's say imagine imagine two rooms, and there is one room I, I, like you know in hotels sometimes uh, there are uh, joint rooms they are separated by a door right. So okay. imagine there are two rooms, and I am in the room with my children, and then there is another room, and we are separated by the door. And imagine the door is like metal door, so you are safe in your room. And there is somebody in the other room, and he has 10 children, some are toddlers, uh, and his wife who is pregnant. And this person, this guy, opens the door and throws a grenade in my room. And there is only, in my room doesn't have windows, it's just totally closed room. And you know, probably when the grenade, I don't know if you served the military, there is, a, there, there is a delay. When the grenade goes in, thrown in, there are like four seconds, then it explodes. So you, if you are quick, you actually catch the grenade, you can throw it right back if you're quick. So imagine if somebody like opens that door, remember, and he has full a room full of his babies, and I have my children, and this person throws the bomb, uh, the grenade, And I caught it, without any hesitation, I would throw the grenade back into his room. After I see how many people he killed, uh, I would feel sorry, I would be horrified seeing torn pieces of bodies and so on. But I would have no guilt or no hesitation, no consideration, oh, I should have done any different because he wanted to kill me and my children So he killed himself. So the same thing happening. Uh, I do not know how much you know. I'm not listening to the news from what is about what is happening because different stations have different uh, protect different interests. I am talking to family members. I'm talking to people I know who are on the front lines or people who are members of families who are people on the front lines. Uh, Hamas uses their children as human shields. But this is not new. If you go on uh, 1970, when uh, Palestinians tried to overthrow the King of Jordan then, they did the same things. They were using their children as human shields. I I don't know any other nation who did this. uh, Nazis were killing people indiscriminately. But they were not sacrificing their own children. God forbid, they would never do that. This well, I, th- kind I think.
1: Of- me, mm-hmm. I think uh, your your analogy is um, that is not really relevant to the current situation. Uh, people who are who are being killed are yes. mostly women and children. And, uh, and the twenty thousand people killed, mostly women and children. None of them were throwing any grenades to begin. To begin with. Those are innocent people being killed for, for no reason.
0: Uh, Larry, this, you know, it. I, I understand what you're saying. I do not know. I do not know if that is true. When you say no reason I said, for example, at one point, uh, if nobody talks about it, because that was proven that that it was uh, Islamic jihad. Um, rockets which fell on this hospital, but they said Israel bombed the hospital and In in reality, it was Islamic Jihad um, a Rocket that misfired but then when this hospital was captured they found tunnels and Ammunition of, of Hamas under the hospital. That's what they do notoriously. They hide uh, they create their tunnels either next to or in schools, in mosques, and in hospitals?
1: Well, I beg to differ on that. Actually, um, Dr. Resnick, the Washington Post, which is actually mainstream media, recently came out and said that the El Shifa hospital was not being used by Hamas as a command center. Um, and if you, if you look at um, media, which is independent... You get a very different view of uh, mostly mainstream media is uh, has been pro-Israel. Um, there's an APAC lobby that influences our politicians and our media quite a lot. But even the Washington Post, which is mainstream media, says that that was um, debunked, that there was no Hamas command post under the al-Sifa hospital. And many hospitals have been um, uh, put out of uh, commission in, in the Gaza. Uh, there's a, I think if you if you listen to people who are, I mean, I agree for people who have lost on both sides, but if you only listen to one side of the story, you, you're not getting the full picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Larry, I... I understand your point. I understand you. You know you, you care about people, and you care about uh, little children who get killed. That's not. Uh, that's not what I know about the, the hospitals. Uh, In it's like logically, if you think about it, just logically. Israel always fights, the a war, of, information. It Israel does is not. The last thing Israel wants is to have a bad name because they know so many countries are against them. So why would Israel deliberately target hospitals so that they would be criticized by the world media? Why would they do that? Why not to kill? If they want to kill civilians, okay, kill civilians, kill them in their houses. Why would they specifically target hospitals? There is a reason for it because that's where they build build their their uh, stockpiles of ammunition that's where they have their they build over 200 uh, miles of tunnels under gaza and gaza going from gaza to israel so that's where they spend their money that's where the whole the whole economy was based on building tunnels so I don't know where, where uh, Washington Post got the information. Uh, if, if you if you really are interested, again, you have my email, uh, send me an email, I will be glad to send you, I cannot say it now offhand, at the source, my sources, but for sure, I have a number of sources that show that it's opposite, that they did find ammunition there ended entrances to to tunnels, not one. So and and it's not just one hospital. So but this is like, you know, what you said, I said, and I understand Larry, that you care about people, God bless you. Uh, The the, Israel did not start the war. And uh, Hamas was chosen by Palestinian people in a democratic election. So that's what it was also.
1: It was also uh, supported by the uh, government of Israel, who were trying to make uh, an alternative to uh, the PLO. PLO, who they did not like, they actually, actually had a hand in uh, strengthening uh, Hamas in the early two uh, thousands. And um,
0: this, I don't.
1: I think it's been a long time since Hamas was elected. And the so what they did does not reflect what uh, the civilians are respons- of, of Gaza are responsible for. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned AOC uh, wanting to exterminate uh, Israel. I don't think that's accurate. Uh, so you mentioned the, the "river to the sea" slogan. Yes. That does not that's not necessarily does not mean.
0: That's that's exactly. I'm Danny. sorry. I heard this. I heard this song uh, in 1990, Larry.
1: 1990.
0: I've been traveling to Israel since since 1983. I heard this song all the time. From the river to the sea, it means from the river Jordan to the sea to wipe Jews off the map, to exterminate all the Jews. That's what it means. Uh, o A yeah. O C and Rashid, but Uh, Talib knows know this very well, and that's exactly
1: what they. I'm starting to say that uh, actually, the uh, Likud Party, which is the uh, party of Netanyahu, has it. Sorry, in the charter of the Likud Party, it says, "From the river to the sea shall be Israeli rule." So they're saying the same thing, in that uh, the Palestinian slogan "River to the Sea" says, and. River to see sea, Palestine being free doesn't mean necessarily mean the elimination of that, that, Jews from, or Israel. Well,
0: That's, you know, I have to accept, you know, this is your interpretation. Uh, I, I know it quite well, and I know it's quite different. As I said, I've been traveling to Israel since 1982, and it's a very common slogan that, that Palestinians would do. Does it mean Palestine will be free free from whom from whom mm-hmm.
1: the sure. Jews did you did you get to know many Palestinians when you were in Israel
0: yes I have to yes in fact I, I was going to the gym with one Palestinian and in and, 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 and I actually have a Palestinian friend now in New York I, I live in Queens and I go to to play uh, pickleball in uh, garden City uh, there, is a, mm-hmm. there is a dream called life uh, mm-hmm. time life lifetime and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very friendly with the guy he's not my close friend but we speak very often though I didn't I wasn't there for, for the last three months so we, we never brought up the subject but anyway mm-hmm. Larry, we are running out of time I'm happy that you called and I want people to different opinions. So uh, whether you're right, uh, you are right, or I'm right, uh, the future will show, I hope, we'll know the truth, you know, and I hope the the war will end, and the slaughter will end. And when I say slaughter, I'm talking about the people. And so far, they keep hostages and uh, only only in Uh, Israel, they take hostages only in countries where life is valued. Anytime Arabic countries have wars among among themselves, there is no hostage taking. No hostage taking at all because nobody will uh, consider uh, trading hostages. People are just killed. Uh, Value of human beings is very different. The reason Um, hostages are taken because
1: there because, are prisoners uh, political prisoners in um, in the Israeli jails, and I agree we need to stop the killing, and the only killing going on now is the killing of Palestinians.
0: You are saying it's killing of Palestinians. Pardon me. you, you just said the killing what is happening is the killing
1: of Palestinians. Well that's being has been being killed in the last many weeks, and so that's the killing that we need to stop. Yeah, thank you
0: so much for sharing, Larry. And I hope this killing will not stop till the last soldier of Hamas will be killed. So and Well, people, I, I think I, that's
1: a that's the, that's the false... I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think that's... I think even if Hamas is eliminated, fight, they're fighting an ideology. I think they're going to create more people who are angry at Israel going the way they are and and it's not going to accomplish anything that's going to make Israel safe
0: and it's both agree I agree with you on that yes it will create animosity hopefully in the next week we'll be able to talk more about what will happen after this war is over yes there will be way way more animosity because there are thousands and thousands of people who died. And it will not be forgotten, for sure, by this generation. So what is after? Uh, you're welcome to write to me or welcome to call next week, and I'll be happy to continue our conversation. Thank you very much, Thank you. Larry. Thank
1: you, Dr. Re- Thank you, Dr. Resnick. I appreciate you taking my call.
0: Okay. You have a good day.
1: Thank Ladies you, Ladies
0: and gentlemen, we have to <laughs> wrap up now. I did not get even to half of the subjects I wanted to cover today. But thank you for being with me today, and I hope you tune in next week on Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Be happy and peace to all who want to live in peace. And those who don't, death and destruction, as I said. Those who don't want peace, I wish them to go. Be well.